0: The following is a Live the Dream Media production. Hello and welcome to the Faith Family Schools podcast with your host, Christopher DeSimone. All right, everybody, welcome back to Faith Family and Schools, the troublemaking podcast out there that's talking about America's road back um, the premise of the podcast is, in the end, uh, when we have elections that might go your way, if you think you go that way, they seem to be temporary speed bumps as America keeps tumbling down the hill. I believe it's probably happened. I was born in 1970, so I think that's right about the target time it, that we really started <laughs> rumbling down the hill. And Then you go, hey, dude, where's my country, right? Well, I think it's through a uh, a degradation of what's been happening in faith family schools, and that's who's you know po- you know this is the population of the United States we have now based on broken families, broken schools, and uh, sometimes the faith world not doing what they need to do also, and so we're trying to th- talk big issues here, and we're doing a second episode with my good friend Dr. Bob Branch, and uh, Bob of course has been uh, if well we. We're hoping you saw his first episode, but of course, Bob has worked in uh, higher education. You've been the Dean of Education.
1: Dean of Education, Dean of Technology, Campus President, Chair of many different schools.
0: And teaching leadership to education uh, professionals, basically. That is
1: absolutely correct. Yeah, at the doctorate level.
0: And he's uh, running for uh, State Senate in Arizona, drbobbranch.com. Uh, What LD you in
1: again? LD-25.
0: Okay, and that's like the western part of Phoenix out to Yuma, right?
1: That's that's western part of Phoenix to California. Okay. That's right. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) So... Like 219 miles tip to tip. So.
0: Our first episode uh, that will that you, you go back if you haven't seen it yet, Bob. We talked about what what, what did these educational professionals were bringing because a lot of them were either teachers or principal or vice principals that want to move up in administration and learn leadership skills. And we talked about kind of all those things that in K through 12 need to be fixed outside forces especially coming from the U.S. Department of Education and then also what parents need to do and what you need to do as citizens to make that K through 12 uh, experience better because we talk about educational freedom which is charter schools, home schools, ESAs, all of these things but that not every parent's going to take advantage of that so the ones that are still going to K-12s mm-hmm. need to figure out how to make it better.
1: That's absolutely <laughs> correct. So So get involved in your school board and help to make it better used to be the
0: most boring thing to run for until uh 2020 rolled around
1: (laughs) well and i'll tell you what though it's it's it may not be the the sexiest race in the world but it's one of the most important because you can actually affect change so you and
0: i uh you know when i look at the the political party especially the republican side they don't really get excited about school board races Right? They, you know, it's more sexy to run for other things, Congress or statewide office or things like that. And then once in a while, there's a Republican who says, Hey, I'm going to run for office. I'm going to run for school board. And they go, Yeah, that's cool. We'll, uh, maybe we'll help you. Maybe we'll help
1: <laughs> you. That's right. So the, the school board race, they're, they're nonpartisan. Yep. But it doesn't mean you can't be a very conservative individual and care about faith, family, This
0: guy knows how to sweet talk me on my own podcast. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Let's talk about the college world right now because they have have their own challenges, big challenges (laughs) right now.
1: Colleges have challenges.
0: So where is the college experience from, let's say, 20, let's go 20, I don't even go 50, 20 years ago to the college experience now? What do you see as the difference of what's going on in America's colleges from 20 years ago to right now?
1: Well, I think the focus 20 years ago was the, more the sage on the stage. The professor gets up, lectures, this is how it is. Um, I like
0: sage on the stage. The sage
1: <laughs> on the stage, right. Um, and to understanding that uh, pedagogy is different than adagogy, teaching adults. We have to be able to teach to an adult, not to a child. So when they go off to college, we should not treat them as if they're children again. And we were. And, and, but a lot of people still want us to. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll come into a college and they'll say, well, uh, I didn't learn this. Well, uh, you're the learner. You know, I'm more of a mentor. And why didn't you learn it? Uh, sure. We covered it. Uh, well, you didn't teach it. And it's, it's like, well, wait, that's, that's in high school, right? That's an elementary school. Uh, the earnest is on you when you go into college. Uh, and I don't think we've necessarily made that transaction. But also, 20 years ago, uh, online education was something new. And now it is something that we're even, you know, having our kids do in, in high school and yep. elementary school. And uh, so there there's a lot of difference in education there.
0: So. I would uh, say that, of course, the children, the children, the young people going to college. Adults. Yeah. Adults, sorry, thank you, um, are less prepared for college than they've ever been before as a percentage of a student population.
1: As a percentage, I, I, I would not. I, I see that as, you know, being in education for over 20 years, less prepared. Um Than before,
0: I have a a friend of mine whose daughter teaches remedial math at the University of Arizona, Mm -hmm. which is a science research university, and those sections of remedial math each year keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and she's telling me basically, you know, they could maybe do thirty-two times forty-two kind of math, right, right, and after that, it's real foggy, oh man, right, and so the so these kids are their parents or they're putting it on their their student loans mm-hmm. them and slash their parents are going to spend a lot of money on stuff that they sh- of course should have learned in high school.
1: And also the, the uh, I, I think that we have to look where the high school student is coming from like an Arizona public school or uh, you know, a uh, Virginia public school, or something into our school system, different level of preparedness. Sure. A- into the school systems. Um, you know, Unfortunately, and you brought up the politics. Yep. So let, let's look at Arizona politics. So you had Jan Brewer, two terms governor. Doug Ducey, two terms governor. Why do we have a liberal school board? <laughs> I have no clue why we have a liberal school board. Oh, and you're talking about the board of regents? No, no, no. That's college. Yeah. Okay. And, and I understand that. But remember, in 2018, there were five Republicans running for Superintendent of Public Instruction, right. including the incumbent Diane Douglas and a three-term U.S. Congressman. But when Doug Ducey appointed somebody to the Board of Regents, he he picked Duvall, right? His political opponent and a Democrat. Yep. Why? You know. And so when we look at educa- when we look and say, well, you know, if we vote this way, they'll fix.
0: ice valley country club that's probably the only thing I can... <laughs> <laughs>
1: i'm sorry well yeah sometimes political opponents aren't really opponents right, right too they could be friends and that's unfortunate but if you look at our um the, the the department of education for the state of arizona um why wasn't it filled with very conservative individuals right. that cared about education why and that, that's something that boggles the mind. It seems that the superintendent of public construction, when they get in, there's always a fight at that board because that person, you know, let, let's say it was Diane Douglas. Uh, Diane Douglas? Yeah, that's yeah. correct. I was thinking of Ellie May. Who, what was her name? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was like Diane Douglas. No, so Diane Douglas, uh, when she was um, in there, she fought. She fought with the Board of Education. She fought with the governor. Um, and, but you've consistently seen that. Um, now that uh, you know Tom went into there. Tom I, Horn. Tom Horn. It, it's not a natural fit still. There's, there's still the, the head buddy. And we have to end that. We have to get governor in there that will point the people to the Board of uh, Department of Education, that board that will work in conjunction with a conservative individual like Tom Horn to fix education, right? Now I seen Tom come out the other day. He did a commercial. and say, "Oh, and we have all of our schools are excellent here in Arizona." It was like, well, I, you know, maybe he's running for something. I don't know. I don't
0: know. I looked at some of the new grades in some of the schools, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't send my dog there to that school. <laughs> <That's and> I, <laughs> you know, we got a B plus. I'm like, like yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so when we talk about the college world, and we, yeah. uh, um, so what I see in college right now is because there's such large bureaucracies. I'm going to talk about the state university system right now, and this is in across the country and most private colleges also. They're there to make money and to create jobs, high-paying jobs for themselves. Mm-hmm. Is that? Am I being too? Am I being too? Uh, Pessimistic?
1: I I I I I actually think it's worse than that. Oh no! Well, I'm being optimistic. That's right. (laughs) You know, you drive around downtown here, or you drive up, uh, you know, in the uh, uh, the Tempe area, even the downtown Phoenix area, and look at all the expansion that ASU, for instance, is doing. Yep, Arizona State. All of that is funded on the back of student loans. Right. So and, and, and it's obscene because in and, and, and I'll, I'll go to my students and I'll talk to them about this. If you if you were to start a university, you would do it differently. You would do it like, um, you know, Clint here. Uh, 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 he has a bakery. Right. Yeah. So if you're going to run a bakery and you're going to sell those delicious buns. I'm giving you a, a, a plug here, buddy. Copper
0: Creek Cookies. Copper Creek <laughs> Cookies.
1: So if you're going to do that, you're going to say, okay, what is, first of all, do people want it? So you go do a test market. Second, you're going to come out, what is my total available market? What is my serviceable market? And how much does it cost me to produce this? Then you're going to say whether or not you can sell that cookie or Cinnabon for what you can sell it for. Yep. Right? Well, but if, let's say, the squad says, okay, well, everybody should have Cinnabons. So everybody is going to now have $10 given to them (laughs) to buy Cinnabons. Well, first of all, you go get a lot of people making those Cinnabons that can't make a good Cinnabon. You're going to have inferior product, like you have many inferior colleges out there, right? for a lot of for-profit institutions shouldn't be in existence many of them should not there's some that should but there's many that should not right so you're going to have an inferior product because it's subsidized now education subsidies is in the form of student loans right so they don't look at how much does it cost to educate a freshman they look at it what kind of money can we get to the fr- get from the freshmen? Yep. Well, if we sat home with student loans, because everybody gets them, then we could build these monoliths downtown and these giant centers. I call them educational resorts. Educational resorts. <laughs> we can build those. It's not going back to the professor. So if a lot of people look at me and say, well, you know, uh, you're the professor, you're getting... Them. No, I wish I was getting the money. I don't, I don't think I had a raise in almost a decade, right? Um, and that's a, a seriousness. Uh, so the reality is these schools get the money, and they keep building and building and building. And like you said, it's a for-profit, even though they're not supposed to be for-profit, many of them, they are for-profit. So what they've
0: learned is a lot of these uh, administrators are making exorbitant salaries, right? But at the same time, if you keep building buildings... Right. And mm-hmm. crap hits the fan that now all of a sudden revenue go Or, or the, st- the state, like, says, maybe we need to cut back a little bit, like all these buildings.
1: That's got all the buildings. That's right. It's
0: easier to cut humans than it is buildings.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I mean. And it's unfortunate. It, it, it truly is. These educational Institute can be so much better. So I always tell people,
0: out. watch out when your kid goes to school. There's something called the FAFSA form.
1: Okay. That's this right. This is
0: the financial aid, and it sounds really. Sounds pretty as hell, right? And they go, hey, why don't you see if you're available and you can get financial assistance for college, all right? The FAFSA is what the empire is built on because in all of that all of that small print, you are guaranteeing a, a loan. That's- Even if you're not taking it in the beginning, but let's say you didn't pay your bill, you left $4,000 on the bill by the time you were supposed to pay it, it magically kicks into a student loan.
1: A student loan.
0: And the government pays ASU or U of A their money, University of Arizona, and everyone's cool. And remember, look at what you can now put on your student on your bill, right? So you can you can you could basically finance your life for five years. Sure. Right? So restaurants that are off campus take your cat card or, or Sun Devil card. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can eat at a variety of the best restaurants in the area and put it on your college bill. Put it on there. Right? Your lodging. Everything, activities, and then, you know, hopefully you got a degree because we don't know that's not guaranteed that you're going you're gonna to finish. Sure. Right. And then that you have a, a, some sort of degree that's going to work and something that you like to make money to pay off your student loan. Right. I always say the fastest, is, is, I call it the devil paper. <laughs>
1: and it's, it's one of the only loans that is not forgiven in a bankruptcy. And, you know, so if you think, well, you know, I'll take this and I'll declare bankruptcy, you still owe it. You know, the only thing is you can die, I guess.
0: Or Joe Biden can eag- illegally
1: uh, forgive them. Well, and, and so now we're into a different subject. <laughs> you know, to, to, to do that, and, you know, I, I'm of a different mind. I, you know, the argument that a lot of politicians, well, you know, it's, it's not fair to the cab driver, it's not fair to this, it's not, you know, there's plenty of cab drivers that have college educations. They chose to cab, drive cabs and stuff, and, and I don't think it's that. What I, what I actually think it is, um, it's rewarding people for not succeeding. So if you were not successful in your college career and you did not get your degree and all of a sudden you got student loans because you decided to go down and party on Friday night instead of studying for your midterms, now we're going to reward you by paying off that student loan. And if you're making a hundred and fifty thousand a year like they were capping, then pay back your loan. Simple. I right. mean if you've got a job that makes a hundred and fifty thousand, pay back the loan. Because yep. obviously that loan helped you. Because no one's giving you a job for one hundred and fifty out of the, the your goodness. You you've earned that, you got your degree, We'll pay off your loans. Right. I mean, You know, and and unfortunately, you know, that is that is the way it is now. Um, But all of this resorts, as you call the educational resorts, um, are off the back of those student loans. Yeah. So it's the federal government giving money through the student to the universities to expand the universities.
0: So I have a a friend of mine who lives in a, a town you and I hang out in once in a while called Yuma, Arizona. And I remember driving around with him. He, he's lived in Yuma for quite a while. And I noticed that there's no new apartment buildings in Yuma. They all look like they're from 1978. Okay. And I go, what's going on? Right? They got that. The Marine base is there. There's things kind of happening in Yuma. And he goes, you know what happened is, is that the reimbursement rate for the Marines and the military in the area hasn't changed much. So what happens is there's no incentive for anyone to build anything new or improve. Yeah. Because it's always the same eight hundred bucks for a <laughs> two better or whatever, right? That's but right. he goes but he said to me he goes, maybe that's the answer for student loans, right? Is that we're only guaranteeing up to, let's say, six thousand a year.
1: Mm-hmm. Then
0: all of a sudden, either people the ones will go out of business or magically tuition will go down to six thousand dollars
1: stop giving student loans right
0: so but the slippery slope might be to at least limit how much you can have guaranteed
1: sure but unlike the marines that you're talking about it keeps going up every year it's true you know (laughs) so and they base it on well how much does education cost well education costs okay then we need to increase it (laughs) and it's just like well that's circular then you have just created something circular where you're the cause of the education going up. The education goes up, so you have to keep going up, and it's just circular. And, so, and- the
0: undergrad experience in recent to the quality of it, I think, is getting dumber and dumber. Okay. Because <laughs> what it, it hits to me, because I've had a bunch of young people, either that I'm related to or I coached in soccer, go through t- various universities. Mm-hmm. And. They're not really getting challenged. It really feels like a uh, – remember they used to you used to pay money to go to, like, New York Yankee baseball fantasy camp in Florida during spring training? Sure, sure. I feel like they're doing this elaborate college fantasy camp where we're giving you the whole thing, the whole experience. Sure. We'll kind of teach you. We're not going to kill you on testing – or, you know, uh, any cr- that kind of thing. So I, I, someone in my life who just graduated a state university in Arizona, she went to Basis Middle School, which is a highly math science mm-hmm. um, base, uh, charter school in Arizona. That's right. Went to regular high school, K through 12 high school, because Basis started ruining education for her. That's a whole other story. But she said that um, Basis 8th grade was tougher then all four years, all three. The th- she graduated in three years. She's a smarty pants. The three years she went to mm-hmm. state university in Arizona.
1: You you hit you hit on something that a lot of the universities now are going to lax assessment. I think a lot of the reason is because the students are used to that in high school and junior high. Yep. Then all of a sudden they're hit with the reality of. Wow, I have to produce.
0: Well, why, why ruin them paying tuition to you by saying we'd like you to be a better student? It, exactly. Don't harsh the groove, bro. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Marijuana's legal, man. Don't don't harsh the vibe down here. Yeah.
1: But, I you know I used to come down to the 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 gem show down here. I enjoy that time of year. And yep. Before, it was legalized, and everybody was doing it anyhow. <laughs> I don't think it had any effect legalizing it. It was just there anyhow. So.
0: Well, I, I think what's happening is, right, is um, I just feel like there it, there's a lot of going through the motions mm-hmm. of what's going on in the undergrad experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, then there's that ideological side of college, mm-hmm. right, of what, you know, these. So we talk about faith, family, and schools, Right, and we talk about from the you know from maybe 1970 area on who is taking the the positions of authority in these colleges, right? And then who are they hiring to be professors? And it feels you know the ideology of college and all those things you hear about on you know the news or stories or read CollegeFix.com or something. It's kind of real. It's
1: kind of real. <laughs> it's kind of real. You know, when I started teaching. Uh, Again, going back to the sage on the stage, the the student requested you. So um, you know, if there the student would come in and they would make their schedule out and they'd say, "Oh, here's Doctor Branch here, or you know, here's Doctor Desimone, and you know, here's and, and we're gonna request these people
0: because he has the real title. I've I just
1: played I'm one. i will make him one.
0: <laughs> I played doctor as a child, though. You, you are now. You are now, doctor.
1: <laughs> so. Uh, but they requested you yep. based on your knowledge. Somewhere around 2016, 17, and 18, when you started going with all the pronouns and all of the, the you hurt my feelings, or don't tase me, bro, or whatever <laughs> whatever it was, there, there there, started being a huge disconnect. Now, I, I believe in a course room you should respect everybody. Um, when we're writing, actually, and and I'm teaching doctorate students how to write dissertations, I say completely eliminate all pronouns because you're citing probably 150, 200 people, authors. First of all, you don't know what their pronouns are, but second of all, it gets confusing. If you start saying they, them, he, or she, it's like, which author are you talking about? So it may be redundant, but say the author's name, Sure. Um, so I've I've taught them to do that, but you know now we have more of a litigious um, <laughs> you know student out there that is well you didn't address me by my proper pronoun or whatever, um, and it's like wait a second did you select me to teach you my knowledge on leadership or my knowledge in technology or why did you select me Um, and you know I I, I see this more and more I see the lack of critical thinking when students come in even at even at the doctorate level because again the teachers that I teach are elementary school teachers junior high or senior high teachers and they're not taught they're taught side-by-side comparisons uh, but they're not uh, so comparing one list to another but not drawing conclusion. So there's no thought process on critical thinking, but that's how they're teaching in, in school. And, right. And so th- the teacher brings that over now to my college classes. And it, it, actually at Grand Canyon, our very first class, that, and I teach the first class, is how to critically think. Because when you write a dissertation, you have to come up with a question that nobody's ever asked before. Well... How do you do that? By questioning everything in your research. Uh, So when you read a research, you've got to question, well, who funded that research? Why did they draw that conclusion? Why did they pick this population, right, for instance? And so they have to come in and find a question that has never been questioned before. And um, I I think it's really interesting that you brought AI into this. Right. Do do you use any of the chat gbt stuff you know I, I find it fascinating <laughs> I, I absolutely do i find it fascinating i am
0: so um i'm so old
1: school in my brain i don't yeah. want anything to do with it <laughs> well but you know again know thy enemy right right so you gotta know because as as a teacher you're starting to get papers that are not written by the students and you have to know was that written by chat gbt right or any other activity. last year there was
0: a great south park where uh, cartman who hates school is using chat GPT for all of his things he's all of a sudden getting a's right because the teacher's totally oblivious <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> right? That's right so my thing with chat gpt so people in the professional world tell me well it saves them a lot of time mm-hmm. right because they say here's the key things i want they throw it in it spits it out they change it again they throw it back in that spits it out and for me, I guess in if you're just doing, you know, a brochure on how to do a sump pump or something, I guess that's fine. Mm-hmm. But for me and I, I the way I think ChatGPT is going to do is everything's going to become uh word margarine. Okay? Right? I feel like the actual presented creativity of humanity is going to be turned into margarine. <laughs> is what I think's going to happen. And I already got enough margarine in all the other parts of the <laughs> the world right now. Yeah. Right. We're 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 going to be all those those people reeling around in Wally, you know, you know, watching TV and just we don't even move by ourselves anymore. Mm -hmm. So I think to me they're going to have to bring me kicking and screaming to the Chat GPT altar.
1: Or or, or, what? Dojo is what (laughs) uh, Musk is developing, right? I think so. Yeah, his dojo. That that's that's going to be. So my last
0: thing on college before we get going is. Well, you were at a Christian university, so hopefully it's a little better in relation to kind of that indoctrination of Mm -hmm. kids, but you see it at the state universities all the time, Mm -hmm. and um, a a future guest on this show is my buddy, um, he's Father Father Matt Lowry, he's the priest at NAU's Newman Center up in northern Arizona, and so he's been a priest for like 16 years, but he's been at that Newman Center for 14, because he knows that's where the battle is, Mm-hmm. right these 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 kids who are being moving away from their parents right sure and they're kind of put to the wolves by themselves at this point there you go and you know he'll tell you that there's so many that are unprepared for the onslaught of what college throws at you not just pure pressure from your dorm buddies or friends but what the university teachers and administrations throwing at you Mm -hmm. so that's the other part of college is your your um people like well my you know i have a student loan on my kid for a hundred thousand dollars and i don't even recognize my kid anymore
1: that's right you just (laughs) you turned your conservative kid into a liberal
0: right or whatever they turned into it could be right right? so i guess the question is that's another thing because it's always about ignorance sure right that the parents don't really know
1: faith-based kid into someone without faith Correct. So,
0: I mean, and so I guess the question is this is something that parents need to be working on when the kid was five or ten. And I guess warn them before they get there. I don't know if they're, they well, even our, do that.
1: Our hurdle in my family, just with my son, was I brought him up faith based. Um, when he went off to his first year of college, he had uh, a course and they were talking about religion. Only in a negative aspect. that it, it doesn't really exist. The Immaculate Conception never happened. You know, Jesus did not rise again, blah, blah, blah. These are all, uh, you know, stories and parables.
0: Your parents are superstitious baboons.
1: It, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I remember, you know, that I, I had a big argument with that school uh, over that. It, it, it is, you know... W- why go against the teaching that the, te- that the student already had on this aspect, because what you're teaching isn't fact either. You know, my, uh, my belief is fact to me, and I believe my, my belief is fact, so why tell me it's wrong? And I had a big, uh, but that was the indoctrination. But my kid was strong enough to come back to me and say, "You know what this goon is trying to teach me right <laughs> you know? I, that, that was
0: my that was my two kids in college
1: it, it's like this is BS man I don't want to be indoctrinated like
0: this and what you got to do is you have to keep keep your kid aware that they're gonna have to write when they do their stuff they have to manipulate their own professors through their writing because that's the only way you're going to survive where you think they think they're you're giving them what they want. <laughs> Without giving them totally what they want,
1: it's it's like the Smothers Brothers <laughs> in the in the late '60s <laughs> pacifying the the, uh, the 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 people looking at the you know whether or not you were keeping within the lines. But, so let's finish on uh, this would be like a
0: campaign question because you're running yes. for AZ Senate uh, District 25. Yes, DrBobBranch.com. Um, what if you get into the legislature in Arizona? Knock on Formica keeps the. Uh, Legislative majorities the way they are. Uh, when it comes to universities, what can we be doing from a state legislature point? Pretend there's a Republican governor. Uh, <laughs> my mind just went. Wait, we got a, a Democrat Sorry. as a governor here. Let's me. just. What 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 would be good legislation to come from the Arizona legislature or any legislature out there to maybe uh, fix a little bit of the college situation?
1: Okay, an idea. And, and, and just, just run this by – and this goes back to pacifying the teacher, that you were just saying your, 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 your child has to be smart enough to do that. Yeah. So let's pacify the teacher. Make it illegal for any predatorial loans that are not excusable through uh, foreclosure. Gotcha. Sounds simple. Sounds nice. It says, hey, you can't have a loan that can't be forgiven if you go to foreclosure. It's so like, well, our bankruptcy, I mean, not foreclosure, I apologize, bankruptcy.
0: So by doing that, what you're doing is whoever is doing that loan.
1: Is breaking the law. Right. Which is the United States government. So so what I see,
0: right, is imagine if we didn't have any government student loans. Mm-hmm. And you had, actually had to go to a bank. That's right. Right. And they had to bank on you. They're going to say, all right, Bob, how'd you do in high school? Right, show me your grades. Show me your grades. Right? Cuz you're if you're riding a D and you go, "Hey Bank of America, could you give me $150,000 to get my sociology degree?" They right. were like, uh, "Excuse me, sir, why are you, there's a homeless guy in the in the bank, you get rid of him, please." But oh, he's asking for you you got to go, sir. Goodbye. Yeah. Right? That's right. Imagine if we went back to those days?
1: And <laughs> Those days weren't too far back. That remember Obama made it under the federal government. They used to be the private banks yep. did these lending and now it's the federal government. Now they want to forgive these loans. But if you make it illegal to, to give a loan, a lending institute to give a loan that cannot be forgiven in a bankruptcy, you're going to clean up a lot of things. And unfortunately, uh, that's not the case anymore. And it, you, you said 150000 I, I was reflecting. I was talking to some students. They were in a, a, a dentist program, and that was a half a million. Sure. And, you know, and it's like, well, how are you paying for it? Well, between my parents and student loans. And it's like, well, how much student loans? Well, we'll probably have about 300000 in loans to pay off. Then you wonder why your teeth cleaning now aren't just regular teeth cleaning. They're the deep teeth cleaning <laughs> for 275 bucks <laughs> instead of the, the free one every year or two times a year. You know,
0: as you're funny, as, you, as you're telling me about uh, uh, this possible piece of legislation about predatory, like these loans, right? I'm thinking, who would come out of the woodwork to lobby against that? Because that's always the fascinating part. That's right. <laughs> Uh-oh. That's who. Randy, one more time. (laughs) She would come out and lobby against it. Guaranteed. Well, thanks for the time. We'll do it again. Chris, it's
1: been an honor. I appreciate it.
0: I appreciate you. And his name is Dr. Bob Branch. And you can check him out at drbobbranch.com. He is running for Arizona State Senate LD25. LD25. Uh, again, if you want to check out more about me, check out dsimonehq.com and you can go to you can go to uh tune in and ask for Wake Up Tucson. You can listen to my big mouth every morning if you want to. But uh check out this podcast at faithfamilyschools.com. dot com, America's Road Back. This is why we're we're having these conversations because we feel like we got to start educating everyone on how to make all three sections. Of, we, haven't even a, we haven't gotten we haven't gotten entertainment yet. That's a whole other <laughs> what's going on there. But everything flows downhill from culture, and uh, culture is going to be informed by faith, family, and schools. I love if it. we're doing it right. Love it. So he's Dr. Bob Branch. I'm Christy Simone. God bless you guys. Have a great uh, have a great week, and we'll see you every Wednesday when episodes drop of Faith, Family, and Schools.